Good afternoon, Patriots. And it is Tuesday, June 21st in the year 2022. Tonight, we have a fantastic interview on Bards FM. It is Kash Patel. We did 25 minutes of an interview today, and he's going to come back on in a few weeks, and we're going to go deeper. But it was a great interview. I think you're going to enjoy it. Definitely want to tune in. He's He doesn't cut any punches, and it's a fairly straightforward interview to a little bit sobering, especially for those that are going to trust the plan, because we know that's a bit of a deception. So anyway, we really um, had a good interview, great conversation, really encourage you to spread the word and tune in tonight. Before we begin, make sure you're taking care of your immune system. It's very important in this point in time. There's so much stresses in our environment and around us. We are surrounded by the stresses and the environmental issues that are challenging our immune systems. And keeping our immune system strong is essential to maintaining a strong position in this fight. Expedition Coffee was designed specifically to not only give you that energy boost you need that will sustain you across the entire day, while boosting your immune system and help maintain a mental focus throughout the day. You can find Expedition Coffee, X-P-E-D, Expedition Coffee at ExpeditionCoffee.com. And there you'll also find a full range of products that are designed to work as a full health ecosystem, all designed to reclaim your personal health sovereignty. Those products include the Gut Health Triad, which helps heal and seal your gut. Leaky gut is one of the critical causes of sickness in our nation. You also have Immune XP, which is an immune booster based on pine cone extract with high levels of vitamin C. Earth, which is a nutrient powder, giving your body a full complement of nutrients you need. Just mix it with water, drink it like a shake. Do that once a day. And Pure 47, one of the most refined silver extracts on the market that can isolate most of the pathogens that you'll encounter. The products on ExpeditionCoffee.com are all designed to give you back the strength in your immune system to not only endure the challenges to the immune system, but to dominate and to rise above to reclaim your true health sovereignty. So check out Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. Patriots, I want you to hear a piece that I just came across with Dennis Prager. And it's, of all places, on Tim Pool. I think it was a real eye-opener for Tim Pool in his cast. So take a listen to this. Human beings would prefer to be taken care of than to be free. I'll give you my freedom. You give me free health care. I'll give you my freedom. You give me free education. You can have my freedom. An evolutionary psycho psychological perspective, it makes sense. That's right. That's the reason you need a, uh, a higher principle than evolution to guide your life by, which is why, ultimately, I do believe this is a religious battle. The Christian moral framework versus an, an absent moral framework. Why do we have the value of innocent until proven guilty? Because we were raised by a culture that valued that. If you were raised in a different culture on the other side of the planet, they would not have the same value. In fact, there have been many countries that have said the inverse. It is better that 10 innocent people suffer than one guilty person escape. We in the United States hold an inverted view of that. And so I read about the Fourth and Fifth Amendment, the, the presumption of innocence, the writings from the founding fathers, and the praise for Blackstone's formulation. And then I discovered his formulation was rooted in the Bible. And I said, that's fascinating. These stories from religion were carried on and left within us by the, the previous generation. Now people like Bill Maher say they don't believe in any of that stuff, not realizing he would have never known of that concept were it not passed down to him. When you look at other countries that did not have the same religious values, they don't have this. They have a presumption of guilt. You get locked up and then we'll figure it out. 
you get a generation of people who say they're atheists, but still hold a lot of those Christian moral, a lot of that Christian moral framework. And now we're entering a period where you have a generation with no moral framework at all. And if there's no moral framework, then there is no truth but power, which is what we're starting to see. If you cut flowers from the soil that nurtured them, you could look at the flower and for a couple of days it looks like it doesn't need the soil that nurtured it, but it will wither and die. The same with ethics in the Western world. They were nurtured in religious Judeo-Christian soil. You rip those ethics from that soil, they will last for a generation or two, just like the flower will for a day or two, and then they will wither and die. And that is exactly what we are seeing happening now. And that is why the founders of the country wrote that we have inalienable rights from the Creator. If God did not say murder is wrong, is murder wrong? I debated this at Oxford many years ago against the professor of moral philosophy at Oxford. And he's an atheist. And he said, of course, Prager is right. If there is no God, there is no objective morality, only, only subjective. You can say, I, I believe murder is wrong, but you can't say murder is wrong. Only if there is something that transcends the human that says murder is wrong, is murder wrong. I think, are you saying, you may be indicating that there's a moral absolute, this, this, but if I think- If there's no moral absolute, it's, then murder isn't wrong. I'm the fact that people don't live by their own values does not mean that the values are irrelevant. You could point to any number of religious people who have screwed up their own religion, but you can't live without the principles. That's an absolute correct. And this is what we're struggling with so much is the moral bankruptcy within our nation right now. And we're seeing it permeate everywhere where partisan politics override rule of law. That just happened in the Durham case. We are seeing that happen across the board in the way that we are seeing schools run, that it now becomes a justifiable case that teachers can groom kids because when the children are in school, these teachers assume that they are actually the stewards and, and parents of these children. There's a, a loss of relevance in morality in this country, and it all is rooted towards the separation between people and their deep and intimate relationship to Jesus and to the Father. So when we start to wonder what that world's going to look like in this post-Christian era, as some pastors would like to proclaim it, and has many, many churches have pushed that nonsense for the last 20 years that we are entering into a post-Christian era. Well, here we are. So the question is, and it's literally like, if you're going to say it's that way, then I guess it, you're going to make it that way, right? Because the narratives that we create are the narratives we live into. Our biggest challenge going forward is to reset that onto the foundations of what our founding fathers intended which was that God is on the throne above all things. And then as we are accountable to God, we then have a choice in the government that represents us. And government is subordinate to us and all are subordinate to God. Patriots, it's 11 minutes after the hour. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today with a deep and heavy prayer for this nation. It seems to be a loss, at a loss and adrift with its morality. We are struggling so much in trying to get through this period and hoping for a reset in a positive way, a redirection, a re reclaiming of the Republic. But at the very core of what we are doing, we're going to have to acknowledge the hard truth that our nation has become morally bankrupt. That after years of us accepting and not fighting hard to preserve 
our faith, the love of Christ, the relationship with you in all of our institutions, we have now drifted so far afield from that that this entire generation, many generations, so many children and many young adults have grown up without any sort of moral azimuth. That the only thing they understand is the me, the worship of me and the direction of self-consumption, self-preservation, self-fulfillment, and a relationship to the authoritarian state. Father, we pray very deeply today just for that resurrection of a true love that only you can bring, the reawakening of that in the many that have never had a relationship, don't even know who you are. That's one of the greatest tragedies of our time. For all the things that we are struggling with, with all the challenges that are before us, with the injections and the continued die-off that's resulting from that, the sterilization that's happening to millions across the globe, the stresses that this current reset has caused. It's causing people to literally lose their perspective, lose their entire hope of the world, giving up the threats of war that cause people into new levels of anxiety, the economic pressures, the worship and belief in a false hope and false idols of the state. Within all of that, so many could be walking a different path if they understood and truly came to know who you are. And that's not something that is just magically going to happen. These prayers are said in a way as well to acknowledge that we each have a responsibility and onus in making that happen. So part of our prayer today is not just for the rising up of the deeper relationship with you that all people can experience and at least have the choice because so many have not even been exposed to that deep and intimate relationship with you. So there's a choice that they don't even know that they have. And that's a great tragedy. But also the responsibility that we each have in offering or at least directing somebody to that choice. These are big hurdles to cross. The churches and so many locations have done such a disservice from the, from the pulpit. We have seen the church turn its back on faith and its back on independence from the state. We've seen the churches kowtow and become hand puppets of a global agenda. We've seen the lack of spine within too many pastors across this nation. We've seen the deeper corruption that's even more horrific within every faith of the sex trafficking, child pedophilia, the list goes on. These are, these are some of the deepest sins one could have within the church. So as we face that reality, we pray for the re- revival of the church, but the revival of the church the way you would want it. And that puts the responsibility on us. That as we are walking in this world, if we're going to accept that responsibility of walking with Christ and walking close to you, Father, we are going to have to accept that responsibility as well that we are carrying that torch to open up the eyes of the many, especially many in this generation, who's like I've, we've already said here in this prayer today, Father, that have never had a relationship with Jesus, have never known who you are. And what they get about you, the information they find out about you is so secondhand and diluted, it's disgusting. And much of it twisted intentionally to keep them away. So, Father, we pray for the great strength in that revival of spirit to find the ways 
to offer the crumbs to that people will follow to start to reawaken that personal and deep relationship with you. To be able to find the connections and the words and the actions that we need to do to show others that may be very jaded, even defensive against the idea of even the word Jesus or the word Christ. Such a tragedy. All done by design. And we pray for the casting off of these sort of spells and hexes that seem to be placed over those most sacred words. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Even the word God, Father, the twistedness of that to to be able to say God and people start to talk about their God. Idolatries that have just corrupted the mind. Father, in this time, we know that we have great responsibility moving forward here. Each day places more responsibility on us. That we need to own this place, this walk, this part of being on the narrow path. It's not just a simple step for me. It's part of us working together as a remnant to expand that kingdom, to connect with others, and to take that responsibility seriously and very committed in our process. To acknowledge that where you place us in our life many times may seem like we're in a foreign land where there's very few around us that we can relate to, and yet that is exactly why you have us there, so that we can work from behind enemy lines, so to speak, to awaken people to the greater love and truth that only you can offer. Lord, we just pray for that awakening in in the remnant, to see the responsibility that's set before, see the responsibility that leads to opportunity. And as we are witnessing the reveal that all that was hidden comes to light, the greater responsibility we have each day to continue that push forward to awaken as many hearts as possible to, lo- to the love of, in our Savior and the connection to you, Father. So guide us in these times, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. It's a very challenging time for all of us, but it's not going to get solved by itself. And so we're going to have to continue pushing forward and pushing hard. We, our country is so distorted right now that, as Dennis Prager pointed out, we have people, and actually Tim Poole said the same thing, we have people that are walking as atheists, and they're, yet they're holding on to the moral values that were established by the Christian ethic. You know that I don't use the Judeo part of that because I think that that's a distorted angle. It is a Christian ethic that established this country. And the whole principle of this nation was built around the Ten Commandments. It's an unbelievable model in itself. It's, it's still to this day one of the greatest human experiments ever put into action. And we have to fight to preserve it. Never before has a country acknowledged that it has a king, but that the king is God. That is the most amazing thing ever. To our knowledge, that's never been done. Sure, there's been kings, plenty of royalty, human forms of it. But our founding fathers acknowledged that our creator, the one God, the true God, sits above all, and that that is who we see as the royalty of our nation, 
And then from there, we are blessed with the choice to choose those who will lead this nation and who are then subordinate to us and our desires and wills as a people. And as we can obviously see, that has been so heavily hijacked. This group that's in power now, it draws its formation of power from the dark bowels of Rome and all the secret societies that existed there. They see themselves as gods, and they see us as their subjects. That was never as it was intended. And so it's there that we have our greatest fight. And it's going to be an enduring fight. It's not going to be fixed in November. It's not going to be fixed in 2024. This is going to take a lot of years and a lot of grinding. And there's going to be times that we're going to see some great victories, and there's going to be many, many times we see nothing at all, or what seems to be failure. Because at the core of all this, all of this is the morality of the nation. I want to play something from you, for you from 1989. This is David Icke. Very interesting. Is crunch time in this whole agenda, crunch time for the human race. This is the time when this network of interbreeding bloodlines wants to bring in its global fascist structure of a world government to which nation states would be administrative units, um, of a world central bank and a world currency, a, a currency that wouldn't be cash, it would be merely electronic, for which there are fundamental implications for human freedom. And also the world army, which is designed to be NATO, um, expanding and expanding as it is now, of course, to become the fully-fledged world army, world police force. And underpinning that little lot is designed to be a microchip population in which we are microchipped with our financial details, our medical details, etc., etc. Um, and that would allow not only electronic tagging, people knowing where we are all the time, it would allow the external manipulation through this electronic means of our mental and emotional processes. This will happen unless the human race wakes up and wakes up fast. And to do that, we need to understand what's really going on. And to let people know that we've got to stop beating about the bush, stop pulling punches, stop pussyfooting around, keeping information from people, oh my goodness, how will they react, and just say, this is going on, take it or leave it, make of it what you will. That's 33 years ago. He saw the writing on the wall of where we would be, and it's extremely accurate. That's the responsibility that we have now. I would hate to have us go back in 33 years and look back and say, man, we were saying the same thing and look how far off the cliff we fell even now. We're pretty much over the edge of the cliff. As I've said, the republic is lost. That's, a, that's an acceptance that people have to kind of settle into. So the question then is, what are you going to do about it? And if we're going to do something about it. It means we've got to dig in and digging in is hard. It means hard grinds. It means our entire lives are built now around one thing, restoring the Republic. That's the hardest fight ever because what's been lost, there's deep damage here. There's deep corruption in thinking. And the whole point of this is that we are the solution to this. We are literally the plan to save America, but it's not going to be done by others. And along the way, there's, we get assistance in different forms, but 
the fight is local. The fight is grassroots. The fight is people finally coming together and realizing that we don't need the federal government like they say. And don't think that they're stopping because their maniacal plans are continuing to be fostered and festered. They truly hate anybody that does not align with them. And I can't tell you in any real number terms what the percentage of good and bad is. I just know that, and we know that if we look at this, those that are corrupted and have given up on this republic for the benefit of themselves is significant enough to be able to steer an entire economic policy and drive the most powerful nation into the ground in a matter of 18 months. That should tell you everything. We have a long fight ahead of us. And the only way we're going to get through this climb is to constantly be checking in and constantly be touching in with God. There's a nice message from John Voigt. My fellow Americans, we will never allow this force of evil to knock down our Constitution, our God-given truths. My friends, we're all saddened by the unrighteousness that has doomed our nation. We're all angry for this deceit that has taken our freedom, our children's freedom. But we must not give up, for God shall remind all that his power is stronger than any politician, any book, any lie. He will show truths because we're a nation of truths and strength. And my fellow Americans, he will never let us down. Let us all keep our faith. Let us all keep our truths. And let's all participate in the next rally. For Donald J. Trump will show all that he is the only president that had our best interests. My friends, we're all sad and heartbroken. Our nation is in despair. But he fought for us once and he will do it again. Let us hold our heads high, our hopes high, and let us remember our forefathers' words, the words stamped on our flag, our dollar bills, our trust. In God, we trust. Much love to you. In God, we trust, and we do. That is truly the anchor point we all have, and we will continue to fight with that underneath us, behind us, and in front of us. We'll succeed here, but we have to dispel from the naiveties and the foolish thinking that this is going to be a quick fight solved by somebody else. This is going to take some grit. It's going to take some gut, and it's going to take some spine, and it's going to hurt sometimes, and that's okay because you only appreciate what you win when you endure the pain to get there. And that pain only makes us stronger. Patriots, I will see you this evening for a great interview tonight with Kash Patel. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. So keep your prayers up for the strength of this nation to awaken to the love of Jesus. In the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you this evening. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, 
meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable. And we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push, we climb, we never give in, we become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray, we stand, we live by the words, in God we trust, 
we fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.